Well, we're going to prepare our hearts, not just for the Word of God, but also to be used by God. You know, people are so thankful that we're able to live stream, and I'm sure you are too, that we get to, together as the body of Christ, still learn uh, from His Word and from people who teach the Word of God, like Jonathan Miyasato will tonight. But it's, it's possible because you continuously give. I, I got to say, ever since I came to this church, way back in 1990-something, last millennium, uh, I've always seen this church as a, a generous church that you as the people and, and all of us together, when we give to God, we know that it's going to be used to further the kingdom. That's the whole goal or the, the purpose of why we exist as a church. It's to reach people far from God, one relationship at a time, and at the same time, causing us to become disciples of Jesus, to be equipped. That's why we call Wednesday night Equip and Disciple, that we're now being equipped to be disciples of Jesus so that we can, in turn, reach others for Jesus Christ. So there's a process that we all go through in the kingdom of God that God continues to raise us up uh, to be used for him. I do want to welcome all of you who are on uh, the different social media sites and uh, we're going to be ready, uh, get ready to give. And so for those of you who call New Hope your church and you're saying, I want to contribute, or even some of you, you're saying, you know, I'm not a member, but how can I contribute? Well, there's a way to give and it's going to pop up on the screen, but it's also a way for you to uh, contribute to the things of God. It's our online giving. And I'm so thankful that we have a way to give. I just had someone uh, text me earlier today that I, I want to give, but how, how do I give? And so you get to go to our uh, giving page on our website, or if you're on our church app, then you can go to the giving portion. You just uh, scroll down. You might have to click out of, or there may be a tab right there. I don't, I don't use the church app while I'm speaking, so I, I can't see it. I should have brought it up. But um, while you're uh, going, uh, setting that up, I, I do want to encourage you and thank you for continuously uh, giving. Uh, one of the things we've been doing also is we created an Instagram account for our children's ministry, our Marvelous Children. Uh, so if you follow NH Marvelous Kids on Instagram, then you're going to see different uh, teachings come up. You're going to be greeted by some of the uh, teaching staff uh, as well as the volunteers. We're, we're trying to get a hold of different volunteers because your, your children, when they would come to church, they build a relationship with the aunties and uncles here. You know, Auntie, Auntie Pastor Lynn, uh, Auntie Debbie, Auntie Kim, Uncle Steve, and then we have various teachers there too. But that's a way to stay connected. Uh, but as we get ready to give tonight, I want to just say once again, trust God with all of your heart and know that He's going to work all things together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. And um, as we do, as we give to him, know that even though it may be a little or maybe a lot, what matters is the heart in which we're giving. So let's pray over our tithes and offerings. Lord God, we're so grateful that we get to give to you. We pray that as we give to you, that you would receive our tithes, our offerings, and use it to further your kingdom. Use it for things like this. Use it to reach out to our community, to bless people. And as we all give and contribute, you have the wisdom, the plan, and the know-how in utilizing these finances. 
Your way is the best way. I pray your blessing over those that are giving, those who are going through struggles financially. I pray for those who are still working, that you'd protect them, watch over them, give them good health, give them wisdom to do the normal hand washing and things like that. But we also lift up those who may have lost their jobs or maybe they were laid off or maybe even businesses looking at closing or companies. Lord, we pray that you would do a miraculous thing, that you would still provide, that your promises would still come to pass. We have not given up on you, Lord. There's no way we're giving up on you. We hang tightly to you. We, we stay close to you. If you're our only hope, then that's the best hope that we have because you have never failed us. You have stood the test of time. And for you, in this season, you're not dismayed. You're not discouraged. Nor are you disheartened. Your heart is always to continue to love people even through the darkness, the pain, the season that we're going through. You're making us stronger, Lord. You're making us better. That's why we stay close to you. We thank you once again for being our great God. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said together, amen. Amen. Go ahead. You can go ahead and give. Uh, If you need to download the church app, just go to the App Store or uh, Google Play, and then you can look for New Hope Hilo Hawaii, and then you can download that or text NHC Hilo to that number right there, and then you can download. Uh, Tonight, we're going to be talking about uh, King David, more or less, but we'll be going through the second book of Samuel, so you can get your Bibles ready, or if you're using a a gadget or some type of electrical device, your phone or your iPad. Not sure if you're able to do both if you're watching online, but this is when the paper Bible comes in handy. Uh, But Jonathan Miyasato will be speaking about uh, what happens when there's failure and success. What, how do we balance that out? And when, what do we do when those two things collide? And at the same time, as we go through the Bible this year, know that whatever we go through, God already saw. Let's take a look. The book of 2 Samuel. Check out the video on 1 Samuel where we were introduced to the book's three main characters, Samuel, Saul, and David, and then also to the book's literary design, which first introduced Samuel and then traced the rise and fall of King Saul in contrast to the rise of King David. 2 Samuel tells the story of David as Israel's king, and in two movements, there's a season of success and a blessing, followed by a huge moral failure and then its sad consequences, and then the book ends with this well-crafted conclusion that reflects back on the good and the bad in David's life, generating hope for a future king to come from his line. So 2 Samuel picks up after Saul's death, and David surprises everyone by composing this long poem where he laments the death of the very man who tried to murder him. And so once again, the author, he's presenting David's humility and compassion. He's a man who grieves the death even of his own enemies. After this, David experiences a season of success and God's blessing. All of the Israelite tribes, they come to David and then they ask him to unify all the tribes as their king. 
And so the first thing David does as king is to go to the city of Jerusalem. He conquers it, and he establishes it as Israel's capital city, which he renames as Zion. And from there, David goes on and he wins many battles and expands Israel's territory. Now, after making Jerusalem the political capital of Israel, he wants to make it their religious capital as well. And so he has the Ark of the Covenant moved into the city. And then in 2 Samuel 7, he tells God, now that Israel has a permanent home, he thinks that God's presence should also get a permanent house. So he asks if he can build a temple for the God of Israel. But God says to David, thank you for that thought, but actually I'm going to build you a house, a dynasty. Now, 2 Samuel 7, this is a key chapter for understanding the storyline of the whole Bible. Because God here makes a promise to David that from his royal line will come a future king who's going to build God's temple here on earth and set up an eternal kingdom. And it's this messianic promise to David that gets picked up and developed more in the book of Psalms and also in the books of the prophets. And it's this king that gets connected to God's promise to Abraham, the future messianic kingdom will be how God brings his blessing to all of the nations. And it's right here in the midst of all this divine blessing that things go horribly wrong. David makes a fatal mistake, not fatal for him, but for a man named Uriah, one of David's prized soldiers. So from his rooftop, David sees Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, bathing. David finds her, he sleeps with her, gets her pregnant, and then he tries to cover the whole thing up by having Uriah assassinated and then marrying her. It's just horrible. So when David's confronted by the prophet Nathan about all of this, he immediately owns up to what he's done. He's broken, he repents, he asks God to forgive him, and God does forgive him, but God doesn't erase the consequences of David's decisions. And so as a result of this horrible choice, David's family, his kingdom, it all falls apart. And it makes this section a tragic story, much like Saul's downfall. So David's sons end up repeating his own mistakes, but in even more tragic ways. So Amnon sexually abuses his sister Tamar, and then their brother Absalom finds out about all of this and has Amnon assassinated. And then Absalom goes and he hatches the secret plan to oust his father David from power, and he launches this full-scale rebellion. And so for a second time, David is forced to flee from his own home and go hide in the wilderness, except this time he is not an innocent man. The rebellion ends when David's son is murdered, when it breaks David's heart. And so once again, he laments over the very man who tried to kill him. David's last days find him back on his throne, but as a broken man, he's wounded by the sad consequences of his sin. The book concludes with a well-crafted epilogue with stories that are out of chronological order, but they have this really cool symmetrical literary design. So the outer pair of stories come from earlier in David's reign, and they compare the failures of Saul and then of David and how each of them hurt other people through their bad decisions. The next inner pair of stories are about David and his band of mighty men who went about fighting the Philistines. And what's interesting is that both sections have a story of David's weakness in battle. So in contrast to the victorious David of chapters 1 through 9, here we see a vulnerable David who's dependent on others for help. The center of the epilogue has two poems that act like memoirs, and David reflects back on his life, and he remembers times when God graciously rescued him from danger. 
And he sees these as moments where God was faithful to his covenant promise to him and to his family. Both poems conclude by looking back onto the hope of God's promise of a future king who will build that eternal kingdom. Now these poems and then God's promise also connect back to Hannah's poem that opened the book. And so these key passages from the beginning, now the middle, and the end of the book bring the book's themes all together. Despite Saul and David's evil, God remained at work moving forward his redemptive purposes. And God opposed David and Saul's arrogance, but he exalted David when he humbled himself. And so the future hope of this book reaches far beyond David himself. It looks to the future, to the messianic king who will one day bring God's kingdom and blessing to all of the nations. And that's what the book of Samuel is all about. Good evening, everybody. Uh, Right now, I'd like your attention because I just got a text from my good friend who lives out in Oakland, the Bay Area. And anyway, um, he works as a longshoreman. He told me, hey, Jonathan, you know what? I got news for you. They are sending a barge from Oakland to Hilo, packed to the gills with nothing but toilet paper. Okay, so he said, it's, it went on on 29th, so today's the ter- 30th, 31st, today's April 1st. Oh, April Fool's, sorry, no more toilet paper. But, guys, if we run out of toilet paper, let's listen to the advice of that purple dinosaur, Barney. Use your imagination. <laughs> I hear crickets, I hear crickets. <laughs> anyway, tonight we are going to get into... <laughs> Professor Sheldon rolling over there. Tonight we're going to get into uh, the book of 2 Samuel, but mostly the, um, the book of Psalms. Second Samuel lays out the life of David, his rise uh, and his descent. So we're going to look at the corresponding Psalms in which we see the heart of of David, which is what God loved the most. God said, David, you're a man after my own heart. So we're going to take a look at that, and we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at how to deal with success, or good times, or peaks, or, and we're also going to look at how to deal with the valleys, the failures, and sin. So right now, let's, let's pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, We thank you, Lord, that we get to gather here this evening, Lord. May your name be glorified. May your word be sent out to wherever people are right now. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so let's get right into it. If you look at your notes, the first thing, the first scripture we have over there is James 1.17 in how to deal with success. Okay, we're doing success first. We're looking at David and how he dealt with success. The first thing it says this in James 1.17, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in heaven. So the first blank, I want you to fill in this, okay? Recognize and give thanks from whom blessings and success comes from, okay? Let me give you an example of not what not to do when you're successful or things going good and everything's fine. This is what you should not do. For example, you know, for several years, I was looking for a job, couldn't find a job, 
Last year, around a year ago in March, God opened the doors for me, and I was blessed with a very good job where I just get to serve and help people. And it was, it's just one of those jobs that's perfect fit for me. And it's been a blessing for, for my children and I. The danger or what not to do in times of success or, or f- good times or times of plenty is to say this. I could say, man, you know, I had something to do with this. You know, something I did made me get this job and this success, that I'm, this enjoyment, this success that I'm having. That is the wrong thing. That is a non-example of what to do when success or good times come into your life. What you need to do is you need to recognize and give thanks to whom that success, that blessing came from. Why do we have to do this? Why is it so important to deal with success in this way? The reason is simple, because we're human. We all have a sinful nature hardwired into us. And if we start thinking that we had anything to do with what God is doing in our lives and take the credit for that, well, you know what? We become prideful. We become become prideful. We become arrogant. We become self-centered. And let me just tell you by personal experience, and every single person in this Bible, including David, you will never be able to hear or experience his presence or or be in God's will if you are arrogant, prideful, or if you are self-centered. You can't do it. He won't meet you there, okay? The only place he's going to meet us is in humility, in meekness, and in brokenness. God says in this word that he gives grace to the humble and he is near to the brokenhearted. So the danger about success is taking credit where credit is not due. Everything is from God. Now, the next scripture, if you look, is Proverbs 16.9. Proverbs 16.9. It says this, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines your steps. He's the one. Yeah, we get plans, but if you really in his will, if you really want the success and the blessing of God, like David experienced on his ascent in his rule, well, then you must allow him to direct every single step that you take. Stop, go, left, right, whatever it is, you must be able to yield to him. Now, when I first came out of my depression in early 2016, I had a host of problems. I had many, many problems. I had financial problems. I had legal problems. My children, my relationship with the kids were just broken. I didn't get to talk to them, okay? Now, God had healed me. He took me out of my depression, and still, I was faced with an insurmountable problem. How do I repair? How do I set the goal of repairing my relationship with my children? So I cried out to God and I said, you know, Lord, you know, just today, today, I woke up in the morning and said, okay, today, Lord, just tell me what you want me to do today. And that's all I need to just tell me one or two things I got to do. And and I'll just do that, Lord, because if I take on too much right now, I'll be overwhelmed. Then I'll fall back into Depression, or I'll return to Egypt or slavery, and I don't want to do that. So I asked him, Lord, okay, what do I do today? Okay, he tells me, I wake up in the morning, do my devotion. He tells me, you know what? Don't call the kids today. You've been calling, they're not answering. What you do today, Jonathan? You write them a letter. 
you write Aaron, you write Emily one letter, and you mail it. And that's all I did. That's all I did. And I said, okay, that's all I need to do. He was directing my steps. When he said stop, I'd stop. When he said go, I'd go. When he said pull back, I would pull back. And today, today, I can share with you that my kids and I were so close. We are so close. And that is a miracle. And that's a success. And that is a blessing. But that comes only from God. So recognize, recognize, and give thanks to whom all thanks belong. It's to God and God alone. So the other thing is, in Job 121. Now Job is a guy, if you don't know in your Bible, he was the most holy and righteous man living at that time. Okay? He had it all, then he lost it all. Then he had it all again. Now Job 121 is his plea or his cry when he lost it all the first time, when he lost it all. And he says this, he says this, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked will I depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. You see, Job, he said, you know what? No matter if I'm rich, if I'm poor, if my health is good, my health is bad, if I, I no matter what the situation is, blessed be the name of the Lord. So he had this, he had this. You know, if you want to get really down to the nitty-gritty of who to give thanks for all, every great and perfect thing, uh, every gift, every blessing, every success, then, you know, we, used to, we sing this song in this church uh, called Great Are You, Lord. And in the chorus, it, it says this, it's your breath in my lungs, so I pour out my praise to you, Lord. It's your breath in my lungs, so I pour out my praise. So right now, you know, taking a breath, breathing is an involuntary action. We don't think about breathing until we get a hard time breathe. Then we think about breathing, okay? But we breathe on average 17,000 times a day. Okay, right now, where you at at home, wherever you at, I want you to do this. I want you to take a deep breath, hold it for one second, and exhale, okay? Let's do that. Okay, that breath right there that you just took, you took it. This is the truth. This is the word of God because God breathed it in your lungs. He put it there. He breathed it in your lungs. Take another breath. That breath is because it was his, in his will that we live another moment. Every gift, good, comes from God, including the breath of life. We're here this evening, guys. That's enough to celebrate and give thanks to him. Okay? So, that's what we have to do when we deal with success. And that's pretty much it. Okay? The pretty much dealing with success, the most important critical thing is giving God the glory and giving him the praise so that we don't get prideful. We don't think it's us. It's all him. That's the main thing. Now, let's switch gears and go to David. Okay? Look at David in 2 Samuel. Look at how he was at the apex, the zenith of his rule. And his love for the people loved him. They respected him. He had authority. Then all of a sudden, one day when kings were supposed to be out fighting, he, he, he sees Bathsheba, he sins, and he commits murder. And he lies and he covers it up. Okay, We are now 
in, if you can open up your Bible, Psalms 51. Psalms 51, okay? In Psalms 51, um, it talks about the time when Nathan the prophet came up to David and said, okay, brother, this is what you did. This, this is your, you the guy who committed murder, you the guy who tried to cover it up, and you the guy who committed adultery. This is you. And this is David's reaction to that confrontation with the prophet Nathan. It's written down verse by verse in Psalms 51. So let's look at Psalms 51. But let me tell you this. Psalms 51 is a blueprint or a sequence in which we all men can come to God and deal with our failures, our sin, our low points in life. This is the play, this is the blueprint. It's sequenced in a certain way that we cannot skip a step. So let's go step by step. There's four parts to how David dealt with failure in Psalms 51. First one is this. Psalms 51:1. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Excuse me. Okay. So, First thing David did, and this is crucial for all of us, when we blow it, when we are in failure, when we are in a tough time, much like we're in today, okay, what we need to do is this. David came to the Lord right after he was confronted by Nathan, and he said this, God, this is who you are. You, okay, you, God, your unfailing love and your great compassion. You see, what David did was he started to list and speak and articulate the characteristics of Almighty God. That's the first thing he did. He never come in and, in and say, oh, Lord, please forgive me, Lord, restore me, get me on my way. No, he first came on his face probably, and he said, and he started mentioning, Lord, you are good, your, your unfailing love, your compassion is great. He did this. You see, when we... When we deal with our failures, we've got to come face-to-face -face with God. And only when we are face-to-face -face and we see God in who he is, his, his authority, his royalty, and his deity, as opposed to our humanity and our frailty, that's where David was. He came into the presence of God and said, this is who you are. This is who you are. So number one, recognize who God is. And if you can remember anything about tonight, just remember this one point. Recognize who God is. Every day, recognize who God is. This happened to a, a missionary in, in Africa one day. He was in Africa, and he was walking through the jungle, and all of a sudden, this lion just full speeds running at, the, running at this missionary, and oh, the missionary's all scared, so he starts praying. He says, Lord God, please, Lord. Um, Holy Spirit, touch this lion, and Lord, impart in him the knowledge of your unfailing love and your great compassion. In Jesus' name, amen. And the lion keeps running, running. Urgh, just stop right in front. The missionary, he stand up on his hind legs. He put his hands together, and the lion says, Dear Lord, thank you for your compassionate and your loving meal that you're about to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> crickets, crickets. I hear crickets. <sighs> Anyways... 
<laughs> Anyways. Oh, boy, okay. I, I gotta get centered over here, okay? Pastor Sheldon, stop laughing. <laughs> oh, okay. So, <laughs> we get back to this game. Okay, I get back to this game. Okay. So, we are in uh, a time. You may be going through something in your life right now uh, loss of hours, loss of work, um, whatever it may be, okay? Um, it's so important right now that you recognize and even articulate and speak out who God is. Okay? I love the Hebrew language because they have a name for God's characters. There's so many names, and I know a few. One is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord, our provider. He will provide for you in this time. One is Jehovah Nisi. He's the Lord, our banner. One is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. One is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. When we are going through hard times, when we are dealing with failures like David, we must, we must speak out and recognize who God is, who God is, okay? Yesterday was kind of a, kind of a rainy day in Hilo, and, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say that, uh, you know, I was, I was sad or anything, but I was feeling a bit down, a little bit downcast, you know, uh, again, the weather was, was not good, and everything that's going on in the world today, I started to feel, you know, just a little, a little down. Anyway, this, this coworker and friend of mine, uh, she, has a, she has a side business where she bakes cakes and stuff, and, and um, just out of the blue, she told me, uh, Jonathan, uh, you want a cake? I got a cake for you. I got a cake for you. So I said, sure. And not knowing, Kay, this uh, true story, not feeling that great yesterday, she gave me this cake, and this is, this is the cake that she gave. Take a look, okay? It's, it's a cross. It's a cross, okay? I, she, God knew that I needed to again know who God is yesterday because I wasn't, uh, I needed to remind myself who God is yesterday, and I did. So yesterday we went home, and you know, I got the kids, and I took out my guitar, and we just started singing, celebrate Jesus, celebrate, and we had a party for the Lord, me and my kids, and you know, in the middle of the storm, in the midst of social distancing, we can still celebrate the name of Jesus, no matter what. So don't let it stop you from celebrating, because he is worthy, he is worthy, okay? The second thing that David did after uh, in, in, in Psalms 51, if, if, you look, if you look at uh, Psalms 51, 3 and 4, he did this. He said this, For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. That's verse 3 and 4. You see, what David did after he confronted who God was and, and listed and it said and spoke out the qualities of God, his compassion and his love, then David confessed to what he did. Then David, you can fill that, fill the blank in, recognize what I have done. Recognize my failure, okay? And, you know, we as, we as parents, we know this because, you know, we scold the kids when they do something wrong and the kids run up to us and say, sorry, sorry, daddy, sorry. But then what do we say as parents? What are you sorry for? You know, what did you do? Because we cannot say it's all okay until our kids know what it is they did wrong. Just like 
our relationship with Father God, we got to be able to say, hey, Lord, I blew it, man. I blew it at work today, you know. Uh, or this driver make me all mad, so, you know, I almost was going to give him the, the one-finger shaka. You know, you confess to the Lord what it is that you did. That's what David did, okay? He confessed it. Then number three, number three, and we find it in Psalms 51, 7. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Okay, so after he, he, he listed and he spoke of the qualities of God, then he confessed his sin. Next step, receive God's forgiveness. Receive it, because it was paid for, brothers and sisters. There was a man named Jesus Christ who lived a perfect life, son of God, son of man. He lived no sin. He had no sin, yet he died for each and every one of us. So yes, receive the forgiveness because it has been paid for, and by what a great price he paid. So receive the forgiveness. That's what David did, okay? And you notice everything is sequenced, yeah? Everything is sequenced, which is so cool, because you cannot just skip to, oh, Lord, you know, just oh, forgive me, without really confessing. You know, you cannot skip these steps. So the sequence that David presents to us and teaches us in Psalm 51 is crucial to how we're going to address and deal with our failures, our rough times, our valleys. Number four, number four, okay? And this is from Psalms 51, 8 through 10. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. Okay? So fill in the blank here for number four. Be renewed and restored. Be renewed and restored. David did the steps. Now it was time for him to re receive, stand up, and move forward. Now it was his time to rise up from his knees, prayer, confessing, receiving forgiveness, repenting, stand up and walk to the direction God wants us to go. This is being renewed and restored. It says here, uh, restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you, Psalms 51:12. So to be renewed and restored can only take place if you go through the steps before, you cannot just come to the Lord after you, you, a life of, of, of displeasing sin to him and say, you know, I, I just want your strength right now. No, you got to come face to face with who God, you got to know who God is. You got to know his character. You got to confess your sins. You got to receive your forgiveness. And only then can you stand up and say, yeah, I'm renewed. I am restored. I am ready to go. You know, that's, that's what, David did, and that's what David teaches us. You know, I'm going to conclude tonight, um, and it's, it's not a long message and kind of early, but that's okay. Uh, but I'm going to conclude tonight with just kind of a, a, not a story, but a heart share, a heart share of what's been going on uh, with, with, uh, with me, I guess, with me. Last week, Wednesday, Pastor Sheldon and I came and we did the online service here. And it was great. It was great. Um, 
But last week, Wednesday, was exactly two weeks since I last corporately got together to fellowship with everybody here in this church. And as we were standing up here, and I was looking around these empty seats, you know, I began to see you guys' faces. I began to see you guys' faces. Because, number one, you know, you guys sit same place every Sunday, every Wednesday. And, and I, but I just... This is what happened. I just began to really miss the fellowship. I, I began to miss the brothers and sisters, and I began to think, Lord, you know, when is this, when is this COVID-19 thing, when is this going to stop? You know, it doesn't feel like there's an end to this in sight, you know? And, and I just missed you guys because I'm not, you know, I, I understand now what the social networking, the benefit is because, but I'm not on, you know, my Facebook. Um, I'm not on, you know, Instachat or Snapgram. I'm not on those things. But I started to miss you guys and, and I, my heart started to break. But then God gave me the scripture and it was just so cool. Psalms 35 says this, weeping and sorrow may last through the night, but his joy comes in the morning. Brothers and sisters, there is an end to this crisis at hand. God's got this. Yeah, the sorrow may last through the evening, through the night, through the darkness, but as sure as this, as sure as, sure as that air is in your lungs that God breathed in you, as sure as that, his joy will come in the morning. And let me tell you this, okay? On a side note, as we navigate through this COVID-19, as we navigate through these things, as we trust in the Lord, my encouragement to you guys is this. Number one, don't lose your joy. Don't lose your joy. Because it says in Nehemiah 8.10 that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And you know what? When we go out in this community, when, when, we're, when we're in our homes with our families, we got to get that joy. We, we, we got to bake a cake for Jesus and celebrate. We got to do those things because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that is what's going to draw people onto the cross of Jesus Christ in this time in history. So don't lose your joy. Don't lose your joy. Um, right now, um, I'm going to ask some of you, whoever, whoever, wherever you may be, if you're alone, if you're with your kids, if you're family, um, right now, you may be wondering, okay, yeah, I, I understand, Jonathan, yeah, okay, I, I see what you're saying, how to, how to deal with success, failure, you know, and, and all that, what you're saying, but I don't really know who God is. How can I list the characteristics or speak out the characteristics of God if I don't know who he is? Some of you right now may be feeling a little tug in your heart. Some of you may be feeling kind of a surge of emotion. Maybe not, but some of you may feel like you're going to lose it, okay? Don't worry about it. This is what's happening right now in the spiritual realm. This is what's going on. The Lord is slowly chipping away at that wall that you put up. The Lord is trying to break through to meet you. So right now, my encouragement, in fact, my prayer, is that you would let him in, that you would let him in.
Some of you may be saying, well, you know, I tell you what, I'm speaking to you, the person who feels like, you know, I lost my job and, uh, you know, I'm so depressed, I don't know what to do. Or, or for you, who, the one who's addicted to drugs, enslaved to drugs or alcohol, or, or even, even for those of you who are, are victims of abuse, those of you who feel like this whole crisis that's going on around us is so overwhelming that it's gotten me shaken, okay? The Lord is talking to you tonight. And all you have to do to know who God is, to be able to say, yes, God, you are great, you are holy, you are merciful, you are loving, you are compassionate, to experience the person of Jesus Christ, all you got to do is ask him into your heart. That's all you got to do. So let's close our eyes. Father God, Lord God, if, if there's someone out there, and I know there is, who, who doesn't know you at all, who, who just stumbled upon this, this podcast or whatever it is, and, and realize, oh my gosh, something's going on inside of my heart that I cannot explain right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, pursue that individual for the sake of of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Father God, right now, Lord God, for that person who is just so burnt out, so scared, so overwhelmed that they feel like there's no other option but to call it quits right now. Instead of calling it quits, we, I pray in Jesus' name, they would call upon your name to be saved. So right now, Lord, all you guys got to do, if, if you're that person right now, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I want to know you. I want to know who you are. I want the peace, Lord God, in this tumultuous times. I want to know who you are. I want to experience your presence and your love and your mercy and your forgiveness. I want to experience you, Lord Jesus, the person of Jesus Christ. So come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Renew me and restore me, Lord God, and move me on my way. And for those of you who are, are Christians who, who, who went to church their whole lives, but, but you know, life happens and you kind of you, you veer off the direction in which God wants you to go, well, right now, just make an adjustment back towards the cross of Jesus Christ. Confess, speak it in your, in your mouth, from your mouth. Say, yes, Lord, I, I choose to rededicate my heart to you. Father God, we thank you so much, Lord God, for your abiding love. We thank you, Lord God, that you, you are in control. You are in the boat, Lord God, when all around us is wind and waves and storm. You are in the boat. In fact, you are just sleeping and resting in the boat because you have peace. So, Lord, we ask you for this peace that surpasses all understanding to fall upon us right now in this day and age. We pray in Jesus' name for every single person out there within earshot of my voice, Lord God, that they would just re return to you, O oh God. And if they don't know you, that they would receive you as their Lord and Savior. Father God, we thank you. We pray with expectancy that great and mighty things. We pray for our leadership, for the scientists, for every single tribe, tongue, and nation in this whole planet Earth, that we will be united, Lord God, and we will all come to the knowledge of who you are, Lord God. We thank you, we praise you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
So if um, you were one that received the Lord this evening, I want you to do just one thing. I want you to tell somebody about it. Share this with somebody. And also, if you have a Bible, read through the Gospel of John. It's a great, great first book to know who Jesus Christ is. So this evening...